Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, both the Raiders and Bengals looking for victories in the playoffs to snap a very long drought. We'll talk about both teams. Plus, you'll hear from interim head coach Rich Basaccia, his brief media session from Thursday, and you know I got your keys to victory. What the Raiders need to do in all three phases of the game to win in advance, and we'll close things out with your calls and texts. They're all coming up on today's show, Friday, January 14th, 2022. Let's get it. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. You ought to win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Off Top Raider Nation, I'd like to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. And here we are. We are on the eve of the first playoff game for the Silver and Black since 2016. Big time game coming up on Saturday. Big expectations. It's been a long time coming for not only the Raiders, but the Bengals as well. But all that really matters is the Raiders, of course, and and the Raiders getting a victory and advancing. Uh, They've had a hell of a season. We know it's been well documented. Uh, The way that they got the victory over the Chargers to advance to the playoffs has been well documented. We've talked about it every single way, dissected it. But here we are. We're talking about the actual playoffs going to happen tomorrow. It'll be the very first playoff game of this postseason this year. So they're going to lead things off. They're going to get their Ricky Henderson on. And I'll tell you, I can't be more excited about the opportunity. And Raider Nation is excited. And Raider Nation is worldwide. Uh, on Thursday, I actually did uh, a little hit, a radio hit, Talking Raiders in New Zealand. And it was Friday. That's the crazy thing. I did it Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it was actually Friday in New Zealand at 7 a.m. So <laughs> my buddy Damon was like, man, I think you're doing a little world uh, t- time travel thing going on there, uh, being able to be on Friday, uh, and then you're actually on Thursday. So uh, that was kind of cool. But there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of uh, expectations surrounding this game, and I could not be happier about it. You know, just so excited to have the opportunity to talk about it and bring it to the table. So off top, man, it has been a while. I saw this note from Josh DeBow from the AP and you know not like he's trying to dog the Raiders he just was putting out something that's a fact and it just it kind of got my attention and it really makes a lot of sense when you think about it but he tweeted out the Raiders last had a lead in a playoff game when they went up 3-0 in the Super Bowl on January 26 2003 and it's crazy because I remember exactly where I was when the Raiders got that field goal. And that's when they went up 3-0. That was off the Charles Woodson interception. And Seabass ended up knocking it in. The Raiders couldn't do anything offensively. And Seabass kicked the field goal. And I thought, all right, there's three points. I really hoped that they were going to get seven. But they got three. Maybe they're on to something. And, well, we all know how the wheels fell off in the Super Bowl. After that, the Raiders lost to John Gruden and company. Uh, and that was the last time they had the lead in the playoffs. Think about that. It is 2022 now. It's obviously the 2021 season that we're talking about right now, but it has been that long since 2003 since they actually held a lead in the playoffs. Now, it sounds like that's forever, which it is, but part of that is they've only been in the playoffs once since then. And that was in 2016 against the Houston Texans without Derek Carr and they never had the lead. But man, that is super Long time. Matter of fact, the team that's gone the next longest without leading in the playoff game is the Miami Dolphins. They led 3-0 versus the Ravens on January 4th, 2009. So it's not even close with the Raiders and the Ravens, the number one team and the number two team. The Raiders have not led, I want to say it one more time slowly, 
have not led in a playoff game since January 26, 2003, and that was the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay that they lost. Now, on the flip side, I don't want you to think that it's just all doom and gloom for the Raiders. For the Bengals, it's been 31 years since they won a, a playoff game. That goes all the way back to 1991. And that's the Bo Jackson curse. The last game that they won is the game that Bo Jackson got hurt in and never ended up playing in the NFL again. They have not won a game since then. And just like the game with the Raiders in Tampa Bay, and I remember exactly where I was, I remember exactly where I was when Bo Jackson got hurt. And I remember how angry I was. And I remember trying to sell it to myself that, oh, that's all right. The Raiders are going to be able to beat Buffalo next week without him. No, they, they didn't have a chance. They got blown out of the water. Well, ever since that game in 91, the Bengals have not won a playoff game at all. So that's a very long time, 31 years to be exact. Matter of fact, Jay Morrison from The Athletic, he was on my radio show on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 on uh, on Wednesday of this week. And I asked him about the Bo Jackson curse and how much of it was being talked about in Cincinnati. Uh, outside of the team, a lot. Um, in, inside the walls of Paul Brown Stadium, not at all. A lot of these guys you know, are, are so far removed from even the the – five straight first-round playoff losses in 2011-15. to 15. There's only three guys on the, on the team that played in any of those, and two of them were the punter and the long snapper. <laughs> um, it's, it's a young team. They, 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 they respect history, but they're, they're not burdened by it. They don't feel the weight of it. The Most of the angst is in the fan base because they've seen this before. They've, they've seen games where it looked like this is the one. This is the one when the drought ends. This is the one when the Bo Jackson curse is broken. In 2013, they had played the, the Chargers in December and beat them pretty soundly in San Diego. And then they had the Chargers coming into Cincinnati and the Chargers whipped them. Um, and and there have been other years, too. They had the, the Steelers in 2015, even though they didn't have Andy Dalton that year. They were a favorite to win that game, and, and that one fell apart at the end, which I think a lot of people remember with the spectacular meltdown with the Montez Burfecht and Adam Patman Jones penalties. Mm-hmm. It's just Bengal fans are always waiting for that other shoe to drop. And I, I think the curse is in the back of a lot of their minds. So I just wanted to play that and talk about both fan bases because both fan bases are definitely starving. Starving for a victory in the playoffs for the Raiders, starving for an appearance in the playoffs, and the Bengals, they just want a victory. So uh, this should be a hell of a game. There should be a lot of emotions in it. Of course, it's going to be in Cincinnati, so uh, the fan base there is going to be greater than Raider Nation, but I know Raider Nation is going to go and really represent in a major way, and I I do think that both of these teams are very evenly matched. I do believe that either one of these teams could come out with a victory, and it would not shock me at all. And honestly, I'll tell you that my gut feeling tells me that the Raiders are going to get a victory. They're going to find a way to get a victory. We'll obviously talk about it in segment number two when I give you the keys to victory, what I think they need to do to go in there, but they've got to go in there and execute. I just think that the way that they're playing, the mentality that they're playing with is going to kind of give them a leg up. And, you know, Joe Burrow's first time he's been in the playoffs, similar to Derek Carr. Uh, Zach Taylor's first time he's a head coach in the playoffs, similar to Rich Basaccia. I mean, you know, there's so many similarities, but I just, I kind of feel like the Raiders uh, feel like they're playing with house money and they're going to go in there a little bit looser than Cincinnati will, and that's how they're going to get the victory. But we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, Rich Basaccia did meet with the media on Thursday. It's his last time meeting with the media before the game on Saturday, and it's only a couple minutes long, so instead of just playing clips and breaking it up and all that good stuff, I'm just going to go ahead and play it. So here's Rich Basaccia meeting with the media, and he starts with the injury report. Injury-wise, uh, Jonathan Hankins was limited today, but he did get a few reps in, in every, um, every one of our defensive sets, and, and uh, we'll see how he comes back tomorrow from the soreness, but um, with the full anticipation of hopefully he'll be ready to go. 
And uh, with that, I'll take any questions you may have. Hey, Rich. Uh, Nicholas Moreau was, was designated to return from IR this week, and, and I saw him practicing today. Um, do you have any update on, on whether he'll be good to go for this game or not? Well, I'm really not sure. He didn't get many reps today. We've got him a little bit with some of the show team, not many, a little bit with some of the in the show kicking game. But we'll see what his soreness level is today. He really didn't get many um, yesterday or the day before in the walkthrough. But I know he wanted to kind of – get himself in position to run around with his teammates again a little bit. And, and um, uh, we'll, again, we'll see where we're at as we get into the um, more reps and how sore and some of those things his foot is as we get going. But um, as of right now, uh, he won't be playing. Coach, what have you thought about your team's kind of mindset and attitude and uh, maybe maybe the physicality that you saw them actually practice today out on the field? Yeah, no, we're not practicing in pads, so it was not a, a, what we call a competitive type situation. We kind of compete with our feet on a Friday. We uh, try to practice with a little bit of um, speed to us. We can get run a little bit, run around with our helmets on and get our bodies in the right position, put our eyes in the right place, those sort of things. But it's not a competitive, physical um, type practice. Uh, so, but it was good energy today. I think they have, have a great mindset. I think they're excited about this opportunity. Hey, Rich, this is Vic. Uh, we first saw Roderick Teamer in those joint workouts with the uh, with the Rams, who's kind of flying around. What's he, he's playing a lot now. What's he brought to the team this year? Well, I think he's got a, a extremely physical, tough demeanor about him. Um, he's a really smart, smart football player. He plays multiple positions for us on defense, and he does a lot of different things for us um, in the kicking game. He's played on kickoff return one game. I think he played three different spots for us because of some guys um, getting knickknacks out there and didn't get a chance to finish the game. So we're excited about having him. He's an um, energetic, uh, physical, um, kind of a tough player, really good mindset that he brings to us, and um, we're excited that we have him. Richard, how has uh, Waller looked having another week um, under his belt and just haven't played that game? How has he looked this week for you guys? Well, I think he's had a better week than he's had you know, previously, and, and today um, we gave him a couple more reps in each of the uh, um, red zone periods and a couple more reps in each of the field periods today. And So, again, we'll see what his soreness level is tomorrow, but he looked better this week than he did um, a week ago, so hopefully it'll, it'll show up in the game. Hey, Rich, as a special teams guy and looking at the weather report for Cincinnati, how, how can you prep the kickers to get ready for a game that could potentially be in the snow, could be icy conditions, sleet, rain, whatever, based on what you deal with in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the same for both teams. So, I, you know, um, I just feel like they'll, they're, they're prepared uh, physically to do their job and, and uh, they'll get a feel for what it's like in pregame. I think we've, we've played in Cleveland and last couple of years, the weather has been great and uh, – so I think they'll do a good job in pregame and getting a feel for the weather, the wind, the field conditions, whatever they are, and they'll be expected to go out there and play well. So there's Rich Versace right there, just kind of giving you a summary of what's been going on all week and how the team is prepared, who's in, who's out as far as the injuries go, and uh, real short and sweet. And that's usually how it is when he meets with the media on Mondays and when he meets with them on Fridays. But since it's a short week and they're playing on Saturday, it was Thursday that he met with the media. But they're usually pretty short little media sessions when it comes to interim head coach Rich Versace. So that's that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up with segment number two, keys to victory. What the Raiders need to do offensively, defensively, and of course on special teams. All three phases of the game, what they need to do to come out with the victory. We'll talk about that in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about OnlineGambling.com. And we all know now that the playoffs are here, the Super Bowl's right around the corner. And I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, I don't have a Super Bowl prediction. I really don't. Everyone always asks, well, who do you think is going to be representing the NFC? Who do you think is going to be representing the AFC. I'm not 100% sure because the AFC is so up in the air, but I'll tell you right now, OnlineGambling.com, they've made their own picks 
for the Super Bowl. You can find them in the OG Tips article on their website. And, of course, if you're gambling, you're always looking for an edge, right? OnlineGambling.com is the sponsor of today's podcast. And if you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. The experts at OnlineGambling.com have set me the challenge of putting my own knowledge to the test and coming up with my early Super Bowl predictions to see how much of an expert I really am. So at some point this weekend, I got to narrow it down. I got to come up with who I think is going to be in the Super Bowl. But again, it is so hard to tell just because the AFC is really up in the air and the NFC is not too far behind it. It really isn't. But I'm going to take this weekend before I make any kind of predictions at all. But you can make your predictions right now. Matter of fact, go to OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news tips and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs remember that's onlinegambling.com slash nfl to make the most of this year's playoffs i also want to tell you about an app that if you drive a car and you get gas you need to know about it's real simple it's called get upside all listeners of the locked on raider podcast are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play right now and use the promo code touchdown and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's up to 50 cents cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot are making a lot, up to two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, or others. All you got to do is download the free GetUpside app, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN. The app is called GetUpside. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to do what I do each and every week on Friday, and that is jump into the keys of the game. What the Raiders have to do to pick up a victory in Cincinnati on Saturday and advance to the second round of the playoffs. You win and you advance. It's as simple as that. Last week, I started defensively, I believe, so let's go ahead and start offensively. And I know it's going to be cold. It's going to be the lower 20s, like 28, 29 degrees. Uh, That's not good. That's going to be a very cold day for the Raiders, who are used to playing on the West Coast in the Dome. (laughs) You know, nice, nice controlled climate while they're heading outdoors to Cincinnati. It's going to be a cold one, but they've proven that they can play in bad weather. They went to Cleveland and they won. Uh, There's other games that they've played in bad weather and they've won before this year and years before. So uh, the Raiders can get it done. So let's go ahead and jump into what I think they need to do offensively. And off the top, I believe they have to establish a run game. I mean, it's got to be as simple as that. Derek Carr is not going to be able to just throw the ball around the yard all day long. So Josh Jacobs and that offensive line really got to be on the same page. They got to start cooking. The last four games of the season, I talked about it earlier this week, Josh Jacobs has done some really good things. If he can do, I would say, maybe anywhere from 75 to about 110 yards on the ground, and I know that's a pretty big window right there, but if he can do any of that, somewhere close to that, that's going to open up the rest of the game and the rest of the offense in particular. So I do believe that they have have opportunity to do that I think that he's been running uh, really hard downhill Uh, I mentioned earlier this week about the fact that he broke 30 tackles uh, between games 1 and 11 and then he's broken 27 tackles in the last four weeks so I mean obviously he's running downhill and he's running strong he's got to continue to do that and the offensive line is gonna have to open up some holes they're gonna have to be really good run blockers which the offensive line always wants to run block but in that kind of weather they much rather run block than have to backpedal and try to, to pass protect so I think the offensive line is going to really want to try to get to go downhill. Now, with that being said, if the run game does get established like I believe it can and should, 
Derek Carr has to be efficient. He doesn't have to be, you know, elite. He doesn't have to have a massive 300-yard game, which he hasn't had in a while, and he hasn't had to because the offensive line has been good enough. But Cincinnati struggles in the middle of the field. They struggle with the tight ends. They struggle with guys in the slot. So I'm looking at Darren Waller. I'm looking at Foster Moreau, and I'm looking at Hunter Renfro, all guys that I believe can have a lot of success in the middle of the field. You know, even in Zay Jones for particular because he can run. Uh, he runs those uh, crossing patterns at time. He doesn't do it a lot, but he does it enough. He can have some success as well. But Derek Carr has got to be efficient. He's got to be able to hit those passes, hit him on the numbers, be accurate. And he was accurate on Sunday night. I know I came into the show on Monday morning and said, hey, he didn't have a great game, and he didn't. As a matter of fact, I didn't even think he really had a good game, but he did make the passes that he needed to make on time. The narrative that's been going on in Cincinnati, a lot of the conversation that's been going on with Bengal fans and Bengals media and everybody in Cincinnati is Derek Carr doesn't perform in cold weather. And, of course, that's something we've been talking about for years, that he's not that good in cold weather, but I feel like he's been doing a lot better as of late. So, of course, he's not going to go out there and, and perform like he would if he was in Allegiant Stadium, but he still has to have an opportunity to go out there and do his thing. He's got to complete the passes. He's got to hit Waller. He's got to hit Renfro. Those have got to be his two money guys. Uh, if he has an opportunity to hit Deshaun Jackson, who I understand wasn't feeling very well on Sunday, but he still went out there and tried to play, great. Go ahead and do it. Zay Jones, he's been a go-to guy as of late. That's really who I'm looking at. And Brian Edwards as well. Brian Edwards, because he's got that big body, he doesn't have blazing speed, but he, this game right here feels like a game that he would be good at. You know, it just feels like he's a guy that could play really well in this game. So maybe if you're looking for an X factor offensively, maybe number 89 could step up and, and have a really good game. Brian Edwards, a guy that had a lot of expectations heading into the season and really hasn't been that guy, especially ever since Henry Ruggs has been gone, just hasn't been the dude that you expected him to be. Maybe he could be an X factor coming up on Saturday. Final thing offensively, ball security is a must. You know, Derek Carr fumbled the ball on Sunday against the Chargers, and uh, if it wasn't for Brandon Parker falling on it, you know, the Raiders might not even be playing a game this week. That game might have been lost uh, with his fumble that he had. And, of course, the ball's going to be hard. Uh, it's going to be hard to get a grip with it being as cold as it's going to be. Security has got to be a must. Derek Carr's got to hold on to that rock. You know, there's times that I'd rather him just take a sack and make sure he protects the ball than have that opportunity to get strip-sacked. You know, he can't throw interceptions. He can't give Cincinnati extra possessions. That's the main thing. You just can't give them extra possessions. They've gotten away with getting a couple turnovers here and there and still finding ways to win games. That's not going to work in the playoffs. So ball security is a must. If you're Josh Jacobs running the rock, if you're Waller catching the rock, Renfro, if you're throwing the rock in your Derek Carr, you've got to have ball security. So those are the offensive keys. Establish the run game. Derek's got to be efficient, and ball security is a must. Defensively, I think it starts and ends with getting pressure on Joe Burrow. He's got to get heat. And I mean real deal heat. He got hit 51 times, or sacked, excuse me, 51 times this season. That is a franchise record for the Cincinnati Bengals. So Joe Burrow will hold on to the ball. He'll try to make some magic happen. Max Crosby, Unique Ngakwe, those guys have got to get home. They've got to hit him. They've got to hit him hard. They've got to rattle that cage. And he's really good. He's, he's going to jump back up, and he's going to keep on competing. He's not worried about it. He don't care if he's injured. It doesn't matter. He's going to continue to fight and fight and fight. Well, the Raiders have got to continue to put him on his backside, put him on his backside, to put him on his backside. 
Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby lead the league in pressures. They've got to show that they lead the league in pressures. I think Max Crosby has an opportunity to eat as the Bengals are going to be on their third string right tackle. So Max should have a big time advantage over him, but he's got to make it happen on Saturday. Uh, This is one of those situations where with the field being in the conditions that I'm expecting it to be in, uh, Max Crosby should have a good opportunity to get off because those guys are going to have to pass protection. Pass protection is not that good when it's bad bad footing. You know, the field's not that good. So I think that Ngakwe and Crosby could have an opportunity to have a really good day, but it all starts with getting home. They also have to slow down the run. Joe Mixon, he got off at the end of the, the game that the Raiders played in, in Allegiant Stadium against the Bengals, but that was more after the, the wheels fell off of the game and you kind of knew that it was out of control. I think that the Raiders are doing a really good job as of late against the run, so this should not be a problem. I just think that they have to try to slow down the run, put more of it on Joe Burrow and let him you know, let him make a mistake or hope that he makes a mistake and uh, the Raiders take advantage of it. And so with that being said, if you slow down the run, you put pressure on Burrow, you can't allow big plays that happen. And what I mean by big plays, I mean plays that are going to fire the crowd up. And that's not just deep balls to Jamar Chase. That's also underneath stuff and Jamar Chase taking it to the house or turning a seven-yard out into a 50-yard play. Those are the ones that are going to get the crowd lathered up and really get into it and get fired up. And we talk about it at Allegiant Stadium all the time, the crowd affecting the game. Don't allow the crowd to affect the game. You've got to slow down those big plays. And the Raiders have done a good job this year with not allowing big plays basically all season long unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs. They're the only team that's really getting big plays off the Raiders, but they just can't allow that to happen. I would love to see Ngakwe or Crosby get back there to Burrow and put that pressure on them and even strip sack them a couple times. You know, this game is probably going to come down, and I've said it a couple times, to whoever makes the least amount of mistakes. And a mistake is a turnover. You know, a strip sack, that, that's a mistake for the offense. So I, I can see Unique Ngakwe or Max Crosby, especially with Joe Burrow holding on to the ball a little bit, having that opportunity to make those kind of plays. Defensively, pressure Burrow, slow down the run, and don't allow big plays to get the crowd fired up. And the special teams, I think they're going to be critical. They're, every game, they're critical. But this one, especially with the weather conditions, the special teams is going to be a major factor. A.J. Cole has got to continue to flip the field. Pin the Bengals inside the 20 if, if possible. The 10 is even better, but as long as he pins them in, in inside the 20, that's great. Don't, don't have touchbacks. Don't let that ball roll into the end zone. Make them travel the whole length of the field. Don't start at the 25. Have them start inside the 20 anytime he's got to go out there and punt. And Carlson, just keep doing what he does. Hit his field goals and have great placement on his kickoffs. I mean, it's just simple. You can't kick him out of bounds and give him the ball at the 40-yard line. I know he doesn't do it very often, but it's happened a couple times, and he can't do that. He's got to hit his field goals whenever he has the opportunity, coming off a 5-for-5 game and uh, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, and then have great placement on his kickoffs. And on his kickoffs, don't just automatically give him 25 yards. Make him earn it. You know, have the kick-punt coverage remain solid. You know, get down there and make a tackle. Don't just give them 25 yards. I, I want to see them return the ball, kick that ball to the one or maybe just inside the, the end zone and make them make a decision. And maybe they'll make the wrong decision and make a, a, a mistake. Again, whoever makes the least amount of mistakes in this game is probably going to win that game. So I think that that would be a good strategy. Don't just boot it out of the end zone and say, all right, we're going to give you 25 yards. Kick that thing about a yard into the end zone and make that kick returner make a decision. You do that. And some good things could happen, just like what happened uh, last week against the Chargers. You know, they they punted the ball, and Andre Roberts fumbled. And when he fumbled, the Raiders were set up in good field position. Now, I believe they only got a field goal out of that, but they were still set up in good field position and still scored some points. So make them make a decision and see if they make a mistake, like put the ball on the ground, and that's very possible. I would love to see that happen. But the, the punt, that means the kick coverage has got to be great because you don't want them to all of a sudden have a big play by taking a, a, a kick 
to the house or having a big time return, 40, 50, 60 yards and putting them in great field position because that'll get the crowd lathered up as well. So special teams wise, A.J. Cole continue to flip the field, pin the Bengals inside the 20. Uh, The 10 would be better if you can. Don't have touchbacks. Carlson, hit your field goals and have great placement on kickoffs and kick and punt coverage needs to remain solid. So those are the keys of the game that I have, what the Raiders have to do for victory on Saturday, which I do believe they're going to get. And then we'll be talking on Monday about the next round of the playoffs. And man, you think this week was fun talking about it. I cannot wait to talk about it on Monday and throughout the course of the next week. But again, they've got to go to Cincinnati and get it done before we talk about any of that. So those are the keys to victory. What is on your mind? What do you think the Raiders are going to have to do to pick up a W in Cincinnati? Your calls and texts are coming up next. 707-654-4693. That's the Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line. That is all coming up in segment number three after I tell you about betonline.ag. And betonline.ag is marching to the playoffs, through the playoffs, and beyond. They are your number one spot for all the best sports betting all 2022. Head to the website on your laptop or your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code Locked On. It's all one word to get started. Football, the playoffs are here. The national championship game is over. Basketball, pro and college, hockey, boxing, UFC, everything that you could think of, they've got you covered. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. I also want to tell you about something that you can snack on while you're watching the playoff games this weekend, and that is Built Bar. They have a lot of great flavors to choose from, including white chocolate raspberry cheesecake. That one is back for a limited time only. Get it while they last. It's a really good flavor, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and, of course, it tastes great. 100% covered in chocolate, uh, zero guilt because, well, it's good for you. It tastes great. It tastes like a candy bar, but it is good for you so you don't have any kind of a guilty uh, pleasure late night when you're snacking on it or while you're watching a game and you're snacking on a built Bar. You don't feel bad later. Again, it's really good for you. That's not the only flavor they have. There's so many to choose from, but that is one of the limited time flavors right now. Uh, If your New Year's resolution is to eat better, and eat healthier and not snack on candy bars. Instead, uh, if you get that craving for something, you want a protein bar, you want something good for you, Built Bar is the way to go. Head to the website right now, Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order when you go to check out. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCK15. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Quan in the 559. He's going to talk about some keys to the game on Saturday and what he thinks the Raiders are doing really well right now. Quan in the 559. Yo, what up, Q? It's your boy Quan from the 559. Just wanted to call in and say, man, oh, man. What a roller coaster of a season it's been. Uh, I swear, a couple years from now, they're gonna come out with the ESPN 30 for 30 on on this Raider season. That's how that's how wild it's been. But man, I'm I'm pretty pumped up. I'm sure all of Raider Nation should be pumped up. I mean, this is this is a huge huge game coming Saturday, and I and I feel like uh, you know with what this team is now. Um, you know, the two key things that a lot of, uh, playoff teams that, you know, have success and make a run is, uh, you know, the cliche, if you would say, you know, gotta be able to run the ball in this cold weather and you gotta be able to stop it. And, uh, 
you know, statistically, by no means do the Raiders have, you know, elite groups in either of those, but what they do have is mojo. I mean, these boys have gotten it together at the right time, it seems, and everyone's, you know, on a different level. So, you know, man, I just want to call in, man. I'm, I'm freaking, I'm, I'm pumped up, bro. I'm hyped. Raider Nation, I'm happy for everybody, man. Like, you know, it's hard being a Raiders fan sometimes, you know what I'm saying? But you can't really, one of those things, you can't really explain it because unless, you know, you're in it, you're a Raiders fan. But, all right, flying from the 559, Raiders. There he goes. That's Quan in the 559. Thank you for the call, my man. And, yeah, it's been a hell of a season. No doubt about that. There really could be a 30 for 30 based off of how this thing plays out, you know, how the rest of the season and this postseason goes. But as far as running the ball, stopping the run, that's absolutely going to be a key. You know, the trenches. That's really going to be a key. The Bengals are really good at stopping the run, but the Raiders have to establish some kind of run. They've got to be able to do that. And, of course, the Raiders' defense has done a lot better job the last four weeks of the season uh, slowing down the run. So I think they'll have a, do a good job with that and Joe Mixon, but uh, they definitely have to establish some kind of run game to be successful coming up on Saturday. Thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you, my man. Next up, got a text from Slayer Raider. It says, Slayer Raider in Chicago here. I think the two biggest keys to Saturday's game will be, one, our front four. Burrow is excellent against the Blitz, and we aren't a blitzing defense. With that being said, our front four needs to dominate. Two, Darren Waller. The Bengals are not good against tight ends. Waller needs to have a huge day. On a side note, the Bengals are great at stopping the run. That's from Slayer Raider in Chicago. Thank you so much for that text, and you're absolutely right. The Bengals do a really good job at stopping the run. Top five, as a matter of fact, but uh, something has got to give. The Raiders have to get Josh Jacobs going just a little bit. Again, it doesn't have to be a big dominant game running, but he's got to be able to provide something. Similar to that 63-yard game he had against the Colts, it's got to be something like that where there's something he can open up where Derek Carr can do the play action pass and hit Darren Waller. Like you mentioned, the Bengals aren't very good against the tight ends. He's got to be able to use Waller. He's got to be able to use Moreau. He's got to be able to hit Hunter Renfro down the middle of the field, and that's all going to come off the strength of Josh Jacobs being able to run the ball a little bit. Again, doesn't have to be dominant and great, but it's got to be good, good enough. You know, and then the front four has got to get home. Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe, they got to harass the hell out of Joe Burrow and make life difficult for him. And I think they can. I really do. I believe Max Crosby could have another dominant day like he did before, but, uh, you know, it's got to be even ratcheted up even more than it was. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, we got a call from Raider Evan. He's calling to talk about how proud of the Raiders he is and then talks about Saturday's game and competing on a short week. Here he is, Raider Evan. Hey, Q, this is Raider Evan. I just wanted to say thanks for the great job that you've done. Uh, the uh, podcast has been awesome this year, and I'm so proud of the Raiders and their victory over the Chargers. Never been so proud of a team. Uh, the best player on the field was Justin Herbert, but the best team on the field was the Raiders, and I believe a team will always be the superstar. And the Raiders fought and competed to the bitter end, like their coach said, and I have never been so proud of a team. Um, now on to Cincinnati. I think, uh, if you recall, we came off a, a, a bad stretch. We went to Dallas on a short week with injuries, and we shocked the heck out of uh, – the football world by defeating Dallas. Just uh, if you want to, if you want to look at Skip Bayless after that game uh, on Twitter, it's pretty funny. He was absolutely shocked, and we shocked basically the football world. And I think we're going to do that again. 
We know how to compete on a short week. Um, Cincinnati, they look like they're a little bit arrogant, a little proud of themselves. Um, they didn't compete last week, and I think we have a chance to upset them, even though we're the second biggest uh, underdog on the weekend. I think we have a really good chance. And in addition, the curse of Bo Jackson uh, has also uh, got a creep in the Cincinnati Bengals' mind. They haven't won a uh, playoff game since they injured Bo Jackson. I believe it was 1991, and they uh, they believe that is part of the reason. They've had some pretty difficult losses. So um, the Raiders are a, a team with a lot of heart, soul, and they have a good front front four. And I think we can uh, really shock Cincinnati in the football world again. We beat a team with the uh, with a superstar quarterback because we're a better team. And I think we're going to do that again this Saturday and be a team with a superstar quarterback because we're a better team. Thanks for all you do. Go Raiders. Take care. There he goes. That's Raider Evan. Thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you. And I like that nugget, man, about playing on a short week. And looking back, the Raiders are 3-1 and one on the season on a short week. So there's that. You know, that's to your point. And I think that they know how to navigate. I think that they know how to, uh, you know, deal with the circumstances that are less than ideal. You know, a lot of times when they were thrown a lot of bad circumstances throughout the course of the season and a lot of Raider Nation got upset, all oh, the league did this, the league did that, the Raiders, you know, they didn't like it. But they dealt with it, and they handled it, and they overcame it. And that's a big deal right there. So, uh, yeah, Raider Evan, good point. Uh, I think that they'll have a lot of success on Saturday. These two teams are really evenly matched, in my opinion. It's really about who's going to make the least amount of mistakes. You know what I mean? I mean, we got a lot of keys to the game, as you heard in segment number two. But really, what it boils down to is who's not going to make the big critical mistake. And that's who's going to win in advance. Simple as that. So thank you so much for your call. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a text from my guy Raider Rube. Said, what's up, Q? It's Raider Rube from the 310. Just want to say, holy smokes, was that win something? Your last two episodes sum up the key things that resulted in that win. Josh Jacobs is a baller, and he has the heart of a Raider for sure. To go out there and play through that pain shows his grit. I don't think we pick up his fifth-year option, but I do think they try to sign him to an extended contract. I also want to give it up to Mike Mayock. To go out there and pull the trigger on KJ and Perriman when Morrow and Kukowski went down was awesome. I know Gus Bradley has had a lot to do with them coming over, but Mayock made it work, book-wise. All in all, it feels good to be in the playoffs. I'm pumped for the game in Cincinnati. I know that if we're clicking on all cylinders and the momentum doesn't die, we can go far in the playoffs. There's only one nation, baby. Raiders. That's from Raider Rube in the 310. Thank you for that text, my man. And, uh, yeah, you got to give Josh Jacobs a lot of credit. As I mentioned earlier this week, man, the last four games of the season, he's been killing it. He's been doing a fantastic job, and it's really helped the offense out to the point where Derek Carr doesn't have to carry the load. That's the biggest thing. He doesn't have to carry the load. He doesn't have to have a 300-yard game. He doesn't have to throw and and score 30 points to win games. He has to come up with big passes here and there. He's got to make a play. He's got to control the offense, but he's got a lot more help now. Even though it doesn't look as sexy, it's in my opinion, it's even more effective. And uh, Mike Mayock going out and getting some guys that have played some major roles on defense has been a big deal as well. Matter of fact, so uh, yeah, thank you so much for that text. You are spot on. Uh, got time for another call. Zach from Livermore. He's calling to talk about an article he saw about games that most folks believe the Raiders should have won and breaks down his thoughts. Here he is, Zach from Livermore. What up, Q? This is uh, Zach from Livermore. It's been a long time since I called in, but I uh, just wanted to talk about one thing that I, that I noticed on uh, – I say in the Bleacher Report community, uh, the Raider community, and, and a lot of Raider fans in there just 
at each other's throats all the time. And, and one of the hot topics this year was, man, if we would have, if we would have beat the Bears and the Washington football team and the New York Giants, we wouldn't be in this situation. And I just wanted to go back to that. It really bothered me when I saw it. Um, you know, hindsight is always 2020. It's easy to go back and say those things. We also won a lot of games that, that we weren't quote unquote supposed to win. And, uh, I just want people to remember that moving forward. There are no games where we're supposed to win. Our record is our record. Uh, you play who you play. Every game is going to be tough. And, uh, you know, looking back now, since hindsight is 2020, even if we would have won two out of three of those games, we would have been 12 and five. Same record as the Chiefs, but they would have had the tiebreaker, and we would still be the fifth seed in the AFC. So, you know, it, it really wouldn't have done much if we took two out of three of those games. And, and I just want people to remember that as we move forward. You know, in order of importance of winning games, it is your division first, then it is the conference, and then after that, you know, it, it's all a toss-up. There's no games we are supposed to win. Uh, and who knows? Maybe maybe it hardened us because we had to fight so hard to get into the playoffs and win four games in a row, and maybe we're better because of it. So I just want Raider Nation to remember that. Stop getting at each other's throats over these uh, what-if scenarios all the time. And, you know, let's get after it. Let's get this W in Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati, baby. Let's go. Go Raiders. There he goes, Zach from Livermore. Thank you for the call. And, yeah, man, it's easy to go back and say shoulda, woulda, coulda. We all do it. I do it myself. But, you know, it's just it's one of those scenarios. You know, there's games that the Raiders should have won, in my opinion. There's games that they probably should have lost, you know. But uh, all in all, it really doesn't matter at this point. They're 10-7 and overall in the season. They're in the playoffs, and they have a playoff game coming up tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that is all that matters. All the shoulda, woulda, coulda doesn't matter anymore. It's all about the postseason. Everybody is 0-0. Zero and zero. That's the biggest key. Now it's who lasts the longest. How long are you going to stay dancing? That's all that really matters. And the Raiders get their dance started tomorrow. Matter of fact, they lead things off. They get their Ricky Henderson on. They're going to be the very first playoff game of the 2021-2022 postseason. So thank you for that call. I do appreciate you. I think I got enough time to squeeze in one more call and we'll take it from Raider WTY. He's calling in to talk about the game. Rolls out a little blueprint to the Raiders' victory for Saturday. Here he is, Raider WTY. What's up, Q? This is Raider WTY calling from Seattle. This is my first time calling and I'm a big fan of your show. I'm so proud of how our team battled all year and made it into the playoffs, but I'm pretty nervous about facing the Bengals, who have one of the more explosive offenses in the league. Joe Burrow likes to hold on to the football to extend plays, so I think there will be a lot of opportunities for our D-line to get sacks. And if our secondary can limit big plays, I think we can slow down their passing attack. But I'm most worried about Joe Mixon. He had a big game against us last time we played, and if he's able to get consistent yards running the ball, I think we'll be in big trouble. On the other side of the ball, the Bengals don't have any big-time players on defense, but they also don't have any major weaknesses either. If our offense can remain patient and take what the defense gives us, we have a shot to score enough points. The most important thing is Carr cannot turn the ball over. I'd rather him take a big sack than do anything risky and turn the ball over. Anyways, thanks again for all you do. 
I've learned a lot about football from your show. I'm really excited and nervous about Saturday's game. Just win, baby. There he is, WTY in Seattle. That sounds like a radio station. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right now, calling is WTY in Seattle. You know what I'm saying? That sounds like an uh, old-school radio station right there. I'm not mad at you. Thanks for the call. Welcome to the show and making a first-time appearance. Uh, yeah, man, Mixon got rolling late in the game the first time the two teams played. I mean, really, the Bengals' offense got rolling late. You know what I mean? The Raiders' offense wasn't able to do anything early until very late in the game. So really, that was such a lopsided uh, victory for the Bengals. It just looked ugly, but it was a lot closer than it really the final score showed. So I think this is going to be a lot closer game. Uh, I think, like I said earlier, whoever makes the least amount of mistakes is going to win. And the teams are really evenly matched. Both teams do some things really, really well and the other other things they don't do as well. So uh, yeah, it should be interesting. I think slowing down mixing is uh, a big deal. And I think Josh Jacobs getting going a little bit uh, is going to be a big deal as well. So thank you so much for that call. Again, appreciate you uh, as always. Appreciate everyone who chimed in throughout the course of the day and also the course of the week. So Raider Nation, that's it for the week. Uh, enjoy the game. It's going down tomorrow afternoon. 135 pregame is uh, or 135 kickoff, excuse me, Pacific Standard Time. I'll be on the pregame. I actually have the pregame pregame show from the M Resort in Las Vegas. It's the t- official team hotel. The Raiders, myself, Bruce Gradkowski, going to join the show. Then we'll pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen. And then I'll be back following the game on the official postgame show that's going to be on Compass Media. So I'm exa- excited about that opportunity. And hopefully we're talking about a Raiders victory. And, of course, we'll be back here on Monday on the Lockdown Raiders podcast talking about whatever shakes out and whatever happens. Uh, either we're talking about the offseason or we're continuing to talk about the postseason. But the Raiders got to go get it done on the field. We'll get it done on the radio. We'll get it done on the podcast. And we'll be back here on Monday on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Have a great weekend, Raider Nation. We'll talk again Monday. Until then, as always, Just win, baby.